This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a community access media station. Thank you to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible. Hi, this is A Study in Literacy. And I am Jill, I go by she, her, and Luke, who goes by he, him, is here being silent, grinning away. I'm, I'm, trying, to, I'm trying to get a word in edgewise, woman. Not going to happen. Oh, never let me. Nah. Never let me introduce the podcast. I tried last time and you were just silent. <laughs> Completely silent. So that was not on me. Uh, yeah, this is a study in very unprepared literacy. Hey, hey, I've done a little bit of I've, prep. I, and Wardini Books, our sponsors, thanks, Wardini Books, they have a bunch of events that make it look like you've do. done prep because you'll talk about those. I will. Why am I always the one who does it? It's because you're never um, on Facebook, isn't it? Yeah, and it might have something to do with I've kind of closed my Facebook account this oh, week. Oh, you did too. Yeah, Surely. with my nice little note. So, uh, Wardini are doing things. Yes, uh, they are. Hosting, They're doing lots of things. Yes. Um, on the day after this is airing, Sunday 27th of June at 4pm 4, 4 until 4.30pm, uh, Lou chats with Rosemary Riddell. That's right. Uh, that, is that the Facebook Live a chat? Facebook Live, yes. Yeah. So you can do it from the comfort of your own home. Woo. Uh, or or in the car, but please don't. Yeah, please don't do it in the car. Unless you're a passenger in Unless the back. Unless you're a passenger. Yeah. Uh, with humour and humanity, Rosemary Riddell describes life as a New Zealand district court and family court judge in her book, To Be Fair. It does look like an interesting like, book. I, I've become very interested in law and lawyers and things mm. like that. Uh, over the past couple of years, Rosemary only became a lawyer at age 40, juggling study with raising a young family. She was later invited to be to apply to be a judge and served 12 years full-time on the bench before taking up an acting warrant, which enabled her to work part-time traveling around the country on an as-needed basis. And she re- she relinquished that acting warrant um, just before the book was published. Mm-hmm. So and that that's she why w- she could publish so, it. Eh? So she'd be able to speak candidly. I mean, 12 years is actually quite a so while. That, like, you would see a lot of stuff in that time because some cases are only like half a day long. Yep. Uh, there's uh, Nigel's Book Club with special guest Connor Mertens, yes. who is a chef from... That place. Uh, from Vinci's, Vinci's Pizza in Napier. Sounds yum. So if you so go in, tell him we sent you, uh, and tell um, him that he should make your pizza for free, and then be disappointed when he doesn't. Yeah, and don't tell him that we said he would because we haven't said That's he right. would. You have to pay, just yeah. like the rest of us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, go along to the book club. Could yes. be quite fun. Yeah. Uh, who knows? He might bring pizza to. The I mean, meeting? there's often snacks Maybe at a Wardini's thing. Uh, on that, so that's taking place Thursday, first of July at six p.m. at Wardini Books Napier. Ooh. Uh, on Wednesday, fourteenth of July at six p.m. at Wardini Books Havelock North, three authors from Cloud Inc. Press walk into a bookshop: Tina Shaw, Kerry Harrison, and Kirsty Powell. Ooh, uh, sounds intriguing. Yeah, it sounds pretty cool. Um. What to expect? Join authors Tina, Kirsty, and Kerry for an evening of chat around what makes a good book, yep. what they've been writing about, and what's going on in their writerly worlds. Ooh. Which is a wonderful little phrase by Wardini there. Yep. Uh, 
There's The Strength of Eggshells by Kirsty Powell. Uh, there's Hold the Line by Kerry Harrison and Ephemera by Tina Shaw. So if you want to check out any of their books before the event. And I mean, hearing authors discuss what they think makes a good book is yes. always interesting. Yeah. You can you could ask any pundit on the street what they think, but it's much more interesting to get it from someone who's been in the industry. Yeah, and I mean, I know when I read a book, if it feels like it's got the right flow and blah, 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 mm-hmm. to be a good book, but they'd know how the writer makes that happen because it's more than just oh i got lucky and these words came out (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's nice to hear a a very well-constructed thought process or even just off the cuff because that's usually where the best discussions come from but i mean just their thoughts on it as well like in the surely they've all got different processes i think processes i think every author's got their own way of tackling their books Mm -hmm. and that's half the interest i guess and going to authors talks um, we've and the the most recent event they've put up is happening on the fifteenth of July at uh, on that's a Thursday at six pm at Wardini Books Havelock North launch of Heartfelt Magic by someone who we're going to be interviewing Jackie yes. Hartley Smith. Yep, who's also host of the Positive Solutions with Jackie podcast mm-hmm. that we run on the station. Which uh, I think Positive Solutions is her company, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's her company. Um, she does a lot. Of different stuff, all pretty much positive. Yep. Angled. So, Heartfelt Magic is a look at life's experiences through the lens of nature, a snapshot of how nature shows you in very subtle ways how to change habits, survive storms, welcome new growth, discover true fulfillment, and live from your heart. And I have to say, it is a gorgeous hardback book. It's not a big book, so Jackie describes it as a coffee table book. Oh, I love those. And it's gorgeous, and it looks amazing on my coffee table because I may already have a coffee. Copy. You may already have a coffee. They you are, may or may not. Well, have. they are actually already on sale. So if you That's want good. an advanced copy beforehand, you can go to Wardini Books, pick one up. And if you go along, she'll probably sign it. I hope so. She'll probably sign it. Surely. Uh, she did hint there might be snackage there as well. Snackage. The art does look amazing oh, from God, the image that they posted. Gorgeous. Yeah. And in the cover, trying to, there's different things to find. Because like when I picked it up, I was like, oh, that's a cute little bird. And she's like, no one's seen the bird that quickly before. And I was like, it's like right there. How could you not have seen that's the bird? That's very cool. So there's cute little things to look for. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, we will be interviewing Jackie on the, is it the 28th? Yeah, it's the week following the book signing. Following the event. So yeah, late Because that's July. when she'll be in town. Yeah. Uh, and we'll be talking about what it's like to self-publish yep. uh, and all sorts of other yep. stuff, I'm certain. And just her general journey and writing and how yep. she's found it and whatnot sort of uh, stuff. And, and you will, as always, discover uh, what what question they always want to be asked but no one ever asks <laughs> yes. them. Uh, yes. My patented, very proud of that question. Yep. <laughs> We've gotten some fantastic answers. We have, we have Christina Sanders on the show next week. Yes. Um, she wrote Displaced and Jenningham. Displaced mm-hmm. is her I'm, most recent one. I'm right. I'm, I've got about that much left oh, of exciting. Displaced. I'm right on the edge of finishing it. I'm yep. doing my due diligence. Awesome. She asked earlier in the week to go in touch, and she's like, oh, what's the show involved and mm. whatnot? And um, she got 
the slightly evil look on her face when I said, you can ask us questions back to her. And she's like, ooh. And I'm like, uh-oh. Oh, Should I, I have said that? I love questions because it means that I don't have to do any work oh, to see, prep the I questions. would much rather <laughs> ask the questions. I don't like being asked. I, I like being asked questions. Maybe that's a thinly veiled, I like the sound of my own voice, but I, I like being asked questions because people very rarely do it. See, I don't. I don't like being asked questions because what if I don't know the answer? Like what? Like you know how you know everything about yourself. What if you've forgotten something, or oh, what if you get it wrong? And someone, that's, where, you that's know. where the discussions come in. You start telling jokes, and you make yeah. you make laughy. And I'm not good at telling jokes. I don't know if you've noticed, but it's not one of my strengths. I'm very reactive when it comes to comedic timing and things like that. I'm very terrible at uh, at setting it up. I'm much better at bouncing it back. Oh, I can't even tell a joke that I know is a joke. You know how some people can just recite jokes and they're really funny? Yep. I can recite a really funny joke and make no one laugh because I just don't pull it off. <laughs> do you have one in your head right now that you can... No, I do not. Right. My, uh, my, my boss had the most incredible pun last I week. I do not like puns. I my was... book group started doing puns last week. Whenever they met, and I'm just sitting there, and it's like, oh my god, guys, stop it! I was so happy about this. So we were doing the stuff quiz, yep. And the question was uh, about what is this word the study of, and it was um, carpalophosophy or something like that. Mm-hmm. It had, you know, and uh, my boss just said, "Carp a diem sees the fish." <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, it made me so happy. Oh, I know when I tell jokes, my dad laughs, but not at the joke, at the look on my face. Right, yeah. Thinking I'm so clever, yeah. and he's just like, you just look ridiculous. I think that's the magic of puns. Half of it is the pun itself. It's like, oh, that's clever. But then the re- the reactions mm. of people around you. Yeah. Yeah. It's, oh, it's a ton of fun. I love it. I'm still not sold on puns. I mean, Mark's still trying. It's been over five years now, and he's still trying. Still trying. Still trying. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna crack open Twitter here. I'm, okay. I'm gonna do what all those professional podcasters do, and they open stuff while they are actually recording. I mean, I could go on my Twitter, but it's probably not got anything literacy relevant in there. <laughs> uh, because obviously, we want words of the day from yes. the most excellent Susie Dent. I do like Susie Dent. Uh, she still she never replied to my tweet. I mean, did you resend it? It could have gone in on a day that had a lot of other people yeah. tweeting her. I mean, how many people must be tweeting her on a daily, a lot. flipping basis? And I mean, the other thing is, does she check her own notifications, or does someone else do that for well, her? Well, I see she re- re- she does respond to people. Yeah, but she might have someone else that checks and then says, hey, respond to this Maybe. one and this one and this one. But I see, because some people do what I did and asked about, hey, what's mm. what's the deal with this word? And she responds. She Maybe your me. word was not interesting enough. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe I need to get more interesting. Get I can't even remember word. what it was. I, I'll be able to look it up though. So from seven, from 17th of June, she said that the word of the, of the day is swallaking. Swallaking. I feel like that is something really, really fun. S-W-U looking. Swallaking. Old East Anglian dialect meaning sweltering, sultry, and sudiferous, which means sweat-inducing. That does not sound as fun as the word sounds. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, she has uh, blov- uh, bloviating. Bloviating. Uh, or bloviator from the 19th century. That's from a day ago. Uh, one who loves the sound of their own voice, who talks at length, 
but ultimately sees very little. I know a few of those. I know a few of those. Most of them are celebrities. Yes, I was going to say, and I think the catch there is the saying very little. Because some people say a lot, love the sound of their voice, but they're telling you interesting, relevant stuff, so it's okay, and it's not that word. Uh, I I have a feeling we very closely came to covering this when we were talking about origins of words. uh, from, From a few days ago, from the 19th century, be Twittered. Be Twittered. Because a little while ago we talked about the origin of the word Twitter. We did. In terms of hundreds of years ago. But be Twittered is being overcome with eager but nervous excitement. Yep. So next time someone asks you how you are, if you're having a really good day, say say that you are feeling be Twittered. Be Twittered. I was a bit like that today when Lou came in and had my book. Oh, yes. And then had one for Luke as well. Let's talk about the books because we've both got one from Waldini Books. Mine, I can't wait to take home. So mine's Windkeep by... Kristen Cashaw. Yeah, we chatted about that a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Oh, the art it's is so, so good. good. And there's art on the inside as well. And so if you've read her other three books, mm. she's got a map of the world on there. And in the first book, it's obviously a little bit little because we only mm. know part of the world. And so this book where there's a whole other island part of the world that's like expanded out, which means there's more <laughs> artwork in it. And I can't wait to read it. It's hardback, so I'm going to go home. I'm going to take the dust jacket off so that it stays unripped. Mm. And then I'm going to read it. I may cover it with brown paper, which is sometimes what you do, so that the hardback bit doesn't get ruined either. Yeah. And then, yeah, when you're you're finished with it and you put it back on the shelf, then you put the dust jacket back. I do. Yes. Yeah. And sometimes I leave the dust jacket in the place on the shelf so I know what... Mm. I mean, obviously, I always know where it goes because it's the only place that those books sit. And that's that's not a small book. It's not too bad. I Mm. think it's smaller than Bitter Blue. I will check when I get home. So for those those who might have missed it, give us the brief on what Winter Keep and its companion books are all about. All right, so it's based in the, oh, I think she calls it the Graceling world. That's right. Yeah, and so Bitter Blue lives in the Graceling world. There's So there's already two books set in that. There's Graceling and then there's Bitter Blue, which is the first and third book. Mm-hmm. And the second book, which timeline-wise comes before the first book. Prequel, right. Yep is about this other section, the Dalians, who have monsters, not Gracelings. They're all, it's all fantasy. So every different places, they've got different things they can Mm do. And so Winterkeep picks up the story approximately five years after Bitter Blue ended. Right. And I love that. So I've read the very first little bit where there's a disclaimer. (laughs) And Kristen has said, she's like, Obviously, these guys don't keep time like we do. They mm-hmm. don't go by a Gregorian calendar. They right. don't have the same days of the they week. They don't have watches. Yeah, and she's like, however, occasionally I put that in there just so the reader's not sitting there trying to work out that's what good. day of the week is. That's but note good. that this is not what they would call it. And I thought that's a really cute little disclaimer to put that in. That sort of thing is what I say during D&D when I can't think of how uh, a character in the story would say something but i say okay so i i say it like this they don't say it like yeah that, but i the, for for the ease of the players yeah, yeah. that's and a really good thing to yeah. do yeah and i like it so i'm looking forward to reading it because it's got a whole another thing so i don't know what to expect from this world they're not mm-hmm. dalians they're not gracelings mm. there's something else and there's telepathic foxes and that <gasps> intrigues me that's cool it is a i was about to swear then <laughs> well i mean i don't think i've sworn yet so we're probably allowed that's, one that's 
flipping cool. It's so cool. And I have got a couple of plans this weekend, but nothing so major that I don't get good book uh, reading, uh, time. reading time. I mean, I get none before the weekend, but that's fine. Fantastic. Yep. So by the time you are all listening to this, I may have cracked it open. I've cracked it. I thought you were going to say finish it. I thought, like, wow. No. Uh, I don't know. Sunday, I've <clears> not got anything on till the evening, so. Who knows? Who knows? So by the, by the next episode, uh, you might be able to give us your full verdict on it. I might be able to. Uh, so and your one also looks very for, cool. For uh, all of you who enjoy my total sluggishness when it comes to reading. Uh, <laughs> You'll I've, appreciate the size of this book. It's, oh, it's a big boy. It's, like, it's definitely a handful of a book. It's it's large and in charge, I can tell you and, that. Yeah, and the print is not big. It is not big. Uh, so it's 728 pages long. Good effort. And I mean, it's not even every book in the series because if you look inside the front cover there's like seven of them three six seven yep, and you've seven got book one <laughs> so this is the book i've talked about it a couple of times it is from uh the malazan book of the fallen series by stephen erickson uh the first book is gardens of the moon mm. uh and the reason that i didn't go for the whole collection is one that would have probably been a lot of money. <laughs> I mean, it's easier to get them in drips and drabs, isn't That's it? That's right, especially because of this reason: is that uh, people online all, always say it's really good, but some people say it's kind of hard to get into, depending mm. on. And so, the specific thing is that Stephen Erickson is or was an archaeologist. And I think historian. Yeah. And so, I mean, it could be a bit dry. And so there's not so much dry as if you like detail, realistic mm, detail. Mm-hmm. Not realistic as in, you know, um, uh, realism like how gravity works and stuff yeah, like that. But, but in, the detail. In the form of the world, inside the, the very similitude mm. of the world. If you really like the detail, Malzahn is the series for you. Yeah, I probably would not enjoy that. And I'm not so wrapped up in detail right. as I am things. I, I think that I will enjoy it because uh, I run games of D and D. If I was just a player, I don't think I'd be interested. But because I do my own world building, I think getting a sense of what kinds of mm. details to throw into things. I think would be you'd really good. enjoy. You do seem more detail based than I am. I love. I love. So I can't remember if we talked about this before. Writing versus lore or story versus lore mm. story is what happens in lord of the rings lore is what's in the sumerillion that, um, <clears throat> it's a book from from jr tolkien yeah i mean i've seen it dad's and got it's it. essentially a dictionary it. God. it's and it's all of the lore it's in the beginning da, 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 yeah, da. but nah. the story is what you put so from the D perspective is what you put in front of your players yeah and so to tell your lore to the players you have a character in the world say it as they would. Yeah. So you don't say in the beginning there was blah blah blah. You have someone. You have an old wizened crone say, "In I have heard legends tell of the gods," and mm. it's because it's from their perspective, yeah. and that gets the audience hooked. Yeah. So this book, the blurb goes: "Bled dry by interminable warfare, infighting, and bloody confrontations with Lord Anamanda Rake." which is a fantastic name. What a name. The Malazan Empire simmers with discontent. Its legions yearn for some respite. For Sergeant Whiskey Jack and his bridge burners, 
and Tattersail, surviving sorceress, so it's fantasy, mm-hmm. of the Second Legion, the aftermath of the Siege of Pale should have been a time to mourn the dead. But Empress Lysine's gaze has fallen upon Darushistan, for this ancient citadel, last of the free cities of Ginnabacchus, still holds out against her. However, the Empire is not alone in this great game. Sinister forces are gathering as the gods themselves prepare to play their hand. I love it when gods get involved. So that I love, because of D&D, I've learned how to, how to decisively introduce the element of fantasy gods mm. into things. You can't just go, the hand of God comes down. You can have a little subtle way. Yeah. Uh, guidances. I like visions. the... And I like it when, like, the... They're not really mini, but the not mega powerful gods, like the littler ones. The lesser deities. Yes, I like it when they have a bit of a say. Because, yes. I mean, they never muddle or mess yeah. with your stuff to a great degree. Like, but they can be annoying. I like when they take a mortal form and they just show up. But no one knows it's in. They think it's just some traveller. Yeah. But then as they're sitting around the campfire, they say, oh, yes, I was there. What, that was 800 years ago? Yeah. And yes, they often there. look like a like an unwashed, poor traveller. And so that people look, just kind of... Yeah. But when you look in yeah. their eyes, you can see yeah. this ancient age yeah. to them. And yeah. normally, like, they'll... If if you ignore them, like they'll mentally know mm-hmm. that you were mean to them or whatever. Yeah. And it's the one that is finally nice to them that gets this bizarre yeah. reward. And everyone's like, what if we I had love... no one? And then they're like, that's the point, if you had no one. I love the way that Matt Covell does it in his, both D&D and his books that he's written, which I still need to get my hands on. Yeah. Um, he does it where you don't worship a god, you worship a saint yes. of that god. Oh, I like and it. And saints are heroes who were mortal in life, but yep. they did such great deeds, great that could be good, could be evil, saints. that they ascended to sainthood. I like it. And I really like doing it that way, rather than just having just this one figure. This is the yeah. god of war. You can have uh, the saint of subterfuge in war. Yes. The saint of brutality or in war. The saint war. of spy mastery spy or mastery. something yeah, like that. that sort of stuff. So, yeah, really cool world building there. I love that it. That is really, really cool. I do like it. Uh, so you had you had you had some prep. I do. Prep? So on? my prep was going on the Hastings District Library's website. <gasps> yes, um, they're always heads, doing stuff. Yeah, heads up to anyone who, like me, feels well, doesn't feel, but loves to read for a excuse or a reason. The <laughs> Turn Up the Heat Winter yes, Reading Challenge I for saw, adults. I saw that in the elevator in my office building. It starts on <clears throat> Monday. Registration's open on it Monday. Um, the prize, they're, so they're giving away two smaller prizes every week mm-hmm. for the duration, which is either six or eight weeks. And the big prize contains an e-reader and a hamper full of goodies. Woo-hoo. And I'm on that. We and love hampers full of goodies because it usually has food. Yes. And chocolate and, and lollies. I and just love the idea that there's, it's a reading challenge for adults. Yeah. And like last year they had some really good categories. So excited to see what they have this year. Yeah. It's Can't be good. see it yet. You've got to wait till the 28th. Because you won something from last I year. I did. I won a Wardini book voucher, That's right, yeah. which is, in my opinion, the best prize you can get. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Pretty good. Spent it, by the way. Because it was, it was like a $25, yeah, $25 Yeah, something one, like that. Which is pretty good, because that's like a whole book. You can get a, a full book, a yep. big book too, yeah. from Wardini for about 25 yep. bucks. Well, just as a random side note, Winter Keep, 
Mm-hmm. They got it way cheaper than Mighty Eight was going to charge me. <gasps> awesome! I, like I saw the Mighty Eight price and I thought far out, and then I, I thought I love this series. I can't not get it in hardback. <clears throat> yep. So I did, and when Lou gave me the amount, it was I was like, oh, this is so much I cheaper. Love like still hardback. not a cheap book, everyone, but yep. cheaper. The yep. yeah, I I for for Malazan and for the Black Company. Uh, which I got uh, a few weeks ago. I didn't even look elsewhere. No. I just went straight to Audina, like, yep, cool, fine, I, I can trust them. Don't. They do it well. Yeah. Also, in random Jill's excitement note, um, Gareth Ward's next book in the Brass Witch and Bot <gasps> series is coming out early August. Mm-hmm. Once again, I am pretending it's a birthday present to myself because it's so close to my birthday <laughs> that the release date is. And it's got a gorgeous purple cover. Mm, if you I, haven't I have seen, seen it, the art. Yeah, go on there, Facebook incredible. or Instagram. It's yep. gorgeous. And I love the colour purple, so I'm very biased. <gasps> it's going to look so good next to the other one, which is like it a darker is. red. I, that's the other. <clears throat> that's the other stuff that I need to get. I need to get Gareth's books to read those because yeah. they're they're sort of like young adult style yeah. stuff. But I love steampunk. It's I so cool. S- yeah, I still haven't read Traitor and the Thief, and I really need to. <laughs> really do. I'm sorry, Gareth. I, I, feel, I feel bad whenever I say this, but I'm an honest guy. I haven't read any of his stuff. I haven't read a lot of people's stuff. <laughs> I haven't read most of the books I've purchased from them yet. Because I'm just so slow. I'm doing pretty good at reading the books I'm purchasing from them. However, books I've borrowed from friends have gone way down in my reading Mm. pile. Which is what I'm hoping Turn Up the Heat will do. Is have some categories like a book you would never read kind of thing. And then I'll chuck in one that I've borrowed from a friend. They've said, you really like this. And I've looked at it going, are you sure about that? Would you you have ever on your own read Neuromancer? Cyberpunk? I possibly would have, possibly but would have. Cause if, cause it would be, I'd probably be one that if I found in a second-hand book sale, I'd get it and then it'd sit at the bottom of the pile for ages. Right. Well, I have it if you're interested in doing that Ooh, for Turn yes. Up the Heat. I will see what categories they have. Mm-hmm. I am excited for Monday. I may have it up on my work browser mm. so that I am reminded first thing Monday. I, I can't remember. I lent a book to someone recently, but I can't remember... Who was it? You? Darling, the book to you? You lent me one ages back, a Jack Vance one that That's I haven't read one. yet. That's the one. I've got it. Sorry. I got it. I just moved away from my mic. <laughs> I have, okay, so this is how weird I am at times. My <clears throat> body is weird. I have a whole You're weird water, at times? At times. What are you talking about? I know. So normal. Um, I have a hot water bottle on my foot because it's so numb it's sore. Mm-hmm. It won't heat up. Don't ask me why. It just won't warm up today. So it's got a hot water bottle sitting on it. Nice. Yep. What, right now? Yeah, like right now. Oh, right now. <laughs> I was readjusting it because it had fallen down. I, I thought you were talking about, oh, yeah, when I'm reading. I have... No. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, like today, I was sitting at my desk before, it was like before lunch, and my foot got really cold, just out of the blue. And then I was like, it got really painful. And then I couldn't work because it was so painful. And yep. I said to Ken, I was like, I have to go home and get a hot water bottle because uh-huh. my foot's so sore, I can't think. I, I feel super old now because I have been having back issues uh, if if my dad's listening, I know he's going. I told you all these. I told you, yeah, 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 yeah. We told you too, old man. Yeah, for some reason, it doesn't work back the other way. They can tell us, but we can't do that. I told you so. We yeah, we told him plenty of times, but I don't, I don't know why. It's whatever. He can do what he wants. Yeah, uh, so he's the father. I have been I have been recommended to get a hot water bottle. Oh my god, I couldn't live without a hot water um, bottle to to put on my back. In bed when I go to bed. I have one on my back every <clears throat> night when I go to bed. My brother has found these extra long ones. They're like 
this long. You can't see, but I'm wow. holding out my hands just past shoulder that's, length. That's like, what, half a metre? I don't know. They, they, they're decent sized. And, like, mm. it fits almost down his whole leg. It seems, anyway. It's pretty cool. Um, yeah, you got I them from the supermarket. A water bottle, uh, water bottle, hot water bottle, um, have been recommended. Hot water bottle more than a wheat pack. Yeah, I think hot water bottles are warmer. I don't use a wheat pack anymore. I'm slightly is, afraid it's going to explode and make me sick. The problem is I, I'm i worried as well about just rolling over it and going, <clears throat> and the lid go out, out of it and just sprays hot water everywhere. I've never had that happen. Mm. But. How? How does that work? <clears throat> never having it happen. Yeah. Don't because know. if I'm lying I, on my back on it. Oh, well, no, because see, I lie on my stomach. And for some reason. But that's still putting weight on the thing. No, I lie on my stomach and the hot water bottle's on top of me. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, and then I think I've just done it for so many years that when I roll onto my stomach or roll over, one of my hands just moves it to the side in my sleep because <laughs> I always wake up with it next to me. I would love if you did some sort of sleep talking as well where it's just under your breath you're going, away with you, foul beast. <laughs> I do apparently sleep talk, but I don't know if I say that. <laughs> uh, I apparently sleep eat as well. Um, I've had friends that have woke me up asking if they could have some too. And I was like, well, why are you talking about it? And they're like, you were eating. It's like, I was asleep. <laughs> <laughs> so, who knows? Okay. I have a full life in my sleep. Well, that's very odd. <laughs> yeah, anyway, back to literacy stuff. Yes. Uh, so, on the Hastings District Library website, I also checked out, and they've got a bunch of stuff coming up for Marariki. Mm-hmm. Um, I apologize in advance if I get any of these events pronunciation I would probably wrong. do the same. Uh, so by the looks, it all kind of starts. Um, the first thing is on Saturday the 3rd of July. Um, these are not listed in order. You can find out more info on this, by the way, at hastingsdistrictlibraries.co.nz. For anyone who doesn't know, Matariki is Māori New Year. It is. Big celebration. Yep. Fireworks and party and it, music and food and all yep. sorts. The little thing says it signals a time of change and growth embodied in the stars mm-hmm. and it lists the stars. Yep. And they do, it, as far as I can tell, just about every park yeah. across the whole it country. It seems like a cool thing. They there's, there's all sorts of stuff that goes on. It's yep. fantastic. They've got some awesome events going on. So I will run through them. So they've got... Tiwa Pakiwatara story time, mm-hmm. and it's storytelling Waiata Waka something. I'm really sorry, that's a lot of letters. Um, and activities for Tamariki. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's basically just fun stuff for your fun. children. Um, on Saturday, the 3rd of July, from 10 to 11 a.m. at Havelock North. Mm-hmm. Saturday, the 10th of July, from 10 to 11 at I Hastings. For a moment and I thought you were meaning 10 p.m. No, this is in the evening until 11 a.m. the next day. No. And then Tuesday, the 13th of July, 10 to 11 a.m. at Flaxmere Library. Mm. Wednesday, the 14th of July, 10 to 11 at Hastings and Library. And then Thursday, the 15th of July, 10 to 11 a.m. at Havelock North Library. So there's five events, Mm -hmm. some in a weekend, some during the week. Flaxmere have been crushing it with events over the past like six months because they have a night market there Mm. uh, where they. 
because I I know some of the people um, who help organise it, mm. who get it all together. Uh, not the only people, mind. It's it's mainly the community. Yeah. All, all all this person does is they sort of like, hey, do you want to do that? And then they facilitate yeah, it. Yeah. Sometimes you just need that person with and, the idea and the. And here when you I was go. talking to her, she said, "Oh yeah, we were running out of space mm. because of the amount of food trucks." Yeah, and they're doing amazing do stuff. So. And it's all local. It's all community. Yep. Yep, that's great. And I hear their library's doing some good stuff too. So yes. keep on dating. They've got a new basketball court. <gasps> Very cool. Well, I know. It looks awesome. That's good. Yep. Um, they've got makerspaces on, from Monday the 5th to Friday the 10th of July at all three libraries. And these are activities supporting the stars Tupa Anuku, mm-hmm. Tupa Arangi, and Ururangi mm-hmm. within Matariki. And so these makerspaces activities are designed to let you create at your own pace and mm-hmm. they're suitable for every age from children right up to our older members of our community excellent and it's all at your own pace so you're not sitting there going crap i have to be finished in 20 minutes <laughs> or anything like that um they also have a baker's club <gasps> this is on tuesday the 6th of july at hastings library from 10 30 to 11 30 in the morning that is going to be the most gorgeous smelling oh, yeah. library in the yeah. land this is rowana bread freshly buttered with preserves sauces or scones and nourishing winter toppings i want to go in there to just stand in the door going yeah i just want to smell it just like oh, oh let me wow. smell. that that is going to be the most fantastic day after it's all said and done yeah. the staff are still going to be going man this smells good and the cleaners will come in late the day going oh it smells so good what yep. they do today where's mine <laughs> uh, they've got a manu tuku tuku workshop mm-hmm. which is using rapu harakiki and paper mache with basic ranga ranga techniques mm-hmm I may have pronounced that last word wrong. Uh, linking to the star Rarangi, it's suitable for ages 15 plus. Mm-hmm. Um, this one does require registrations. Okay. So if you would like to go, please register either online at hastingslibraries.co.nz or at, Hastri- at your local Hastings District Library. Yep, you can just walk on in. Yeah, they've got two workshops. The first one is Tuesday the 6th of July from 1 to 3 p.m. and it's at Flaxmere. Mm-hmm. And workshop two is Wednesday the 7th of July from 1 to 3 p.m. at Hastings. Cool. Yep. And they've got from Monday to Friday, Monday the 5th of July to Friday the 10th of July at mm. all three libraries. So they've got Imperial, Imperial. Imperial, Inf- Imperial. No, it's either one of the two. It's oh, an EPH. Is that Imperial? Ephemeral. There you go. I knew I co hosted with Luke for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, so using organic resources to create colourful collages. Mm. Again, suitable for all ages, yep. young to the very old. I'm going to make a collage of all of the soldiers' helmets I yes. stole from World War II. Um, this w- next one is suitable for older adults. Mm-hmm. It's Apiho Harora for the Technology Challenged. Ooh. So it's technology for beginners. Cool. Does basic phone or computing skills feel like you're just shooting for the Matariki stars? <laughs> then these 20-minute bite-sized sessions may be just what you need. Awesome. So I think that's great that they're linking this in as well. Yeah. So Monday the 5th of July at Hastings Library, it's 11am till 12 noon. Mm-hmm. And Thursday the 8th of July at Flaxmere Library, 11am till 12 so noon. There's so much. So much. And the so last one... This one sounds really cool. It's Wakarongo Mai Storytime Pakiki. Cool. Readings for adults <gasps> from stories written by local authors. Take some time out to have a seat, enjoy some kai, <laughs> and listen in. Nice. 
My only, not complaint, but my only awe is it's during the day. So Monday the 5th of July from 1 till 2pm at Havelock North Library and Friday the 9th of July from 10 to 11am in Hastings Library. What do you think a children's book for, but for adults would have in it? A children's book but for yeah, adults? Yeah, it's in the style of a children's book but it's for adults. I reckon there'd be slightly darker themes, mm. um, maybe some coarser language, <laughs> maybe some slightly more graphic pictures. I think it would be something like, uh, and and at the end of the day, they went home, had a cup of tea, and got some rest. Yeah, I think the issues and that's that a they happy ending. Yeah, the issues <laughs> that they tackle would probably be things like. And Luke was not enjoying his job, but he knew he had to sit there to pay the bills. That's right. Like that sort of thing. <laughs> like it wouldn't be making life more fun. It would be the realistic. Yeah. Sometimes oh, this is not the funnest. It'd be a big. It would just be one big downer. Yeah. And at the end, the happy ending is that, and then they got to go to sleep. Or well, the happy ending would be, and then they opened that bottle of wine. <laughs> yeah. Swirling the red liquid around in the glass. Yeah. Yeah, so lots happening for every age group in our community. Good Lord. At Hastings District Library. Um, There's a lot of other stuff going on. They've got their Wine, Books and More book group that Mm. I go to. They've opened a virtual one of those as well. So if you're not not big on socialness um, or the time of day just doesn't suit you. So what is it? It's every third Tuesday of every month? Yes. Um, So the... One online is whenever you log in. You do yeah. have to provide your provide your own wine, though. They don't do that yeah. for you. Yeah, they can't send it through the no. internet yet. Not yet. One day. One day that 3D printer that you've got at home will start printing yeah. the wine it, at the library One day center. it will be like Star Trek. We can oh, say, God. tea, or grey, hot. Or will it be like Red Dwarf, that when you ask for a curry, it gives you a gumboot? I mean, it's going to go one of the two ways. <laughs> what? Their AI's glitched a little right and so i thought maybe it was some sort of double entendre no whatever they ask for it's not what they get because (laughs) holly's kind of just gone a bit wacky what if if they ask for a gumboot they still don't get what they don't get a gumboot and lister generally doesn't get his curry either so all he wants but you know holly's gone a little nuts so um i mean he slash she's been alone for like three million years in wow. space so she's allowed he's allowed i think i've ever watched that you show so i call holly he she because it starts as a he and then he gets bored so he turns to a oh, she yeah. it's an yeah. i know she, they just decide to you can do whatever whatever it likes what as y'all yeah so anyway lots of fun stuff happening check out hastings library's website mm-hmm. and sign up for turn up the heat Feel free to tell us if you're taking part, any recommendations you've got yeah. for any other challenges. And happy Matariki. Yeah. Uh, so we we have stuff. I have stuff. I have a thing. Have stuff. Yeah. It's an article. It's by, it's by people. So I was going to say, just before you kick into that one, there was an article that I saw on Lit Hub. Yeah. That is interesting, but not really applicable for our platform. Right. They have a lot of stuff that's like that. I go, oh, yeah. Because I look at it and I go, I want to talk about it, but I can't find a way to yeah. tie it into the theme. Well, I'm sure no one would scream at us if we did, I'm sure but I'm not. trying to have some standards. Yeah. Well, this one was on the... I can't remember what it's called, but it was something to do with grammar and punctuation and the ones that the authors get the most annoyed at because it could be this or this, which obviously doesn't translate well when you're only talking, and I don't know the name of most of them. Yeah, But yeah, 
I would recommend going on lithub.com. Yeah. Have a squiz. Uh, dialogue has always been an interesting one where a friend of mine over in the US, he insists that when you're going to the next paragraph, it's indented by one. Huh. And then not it then doesn't go indent, indent. No, indent. just that first line is indent. It's that first, um, yeah. And I, and I said, he said, why haven't you done that? Because he was reading one of my things. Because I asked him for feedback, and he said, why haven't you indented it? And I said, because I don't need to. Well, that's like the I was taught that at the end of the sentence you do double space before you start the next one. Oh, I remember but, when we when that was tried to be taught to us. But, I automatically do that. My Mac automatically does it for me. Oh. But it's just like a lot of people just look at me and they're like, why have you put two spaces yeah, there? And it's like, I, I was taught to I do re- that. We were taught that for a few months. And then for whatever reason, the teacher just reneged on it. Just said, okay, screw it. Because no one was doing it. Everyone was like, no, was, this is stupid. I liked it. I found it. I love it. I think it looks better that way. You can easily see where a sentence ends. I just look for the space. But there's a space between every word. The double space but is different because it's the first sentence. Full stop. Yeah, my brain doesn't always compute <laughs> between a full stop and a comma. I wonder if that's why. I wonder if it's if, to be more uh, friendly to folks who don't notice it. So, like people who may, yeah. might be dyslexic, or people that just can't. The I mean, a comma is basically a full stop with just a little bit on the bottom. I can't oh, always it's a pain see in it. The butt to, yeah. So. Sometimes I see I see dollar amounts. And I go, is that a full stop or is that a yeah. comma? Yeah, it's hard. So yeah, so that was that was interesting dialogue because I've I've learned it two different ways. Mm. Okay, so there's either line dialogue, blah 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 blah, mm-hmm. Luke said hi to Jill, um, and the the whatever the dialogue is, and then after it, it's Luke said or whatever. Mm. And you go, line break, next line down. Yes. And the response. But I've also seen, uh, and the other stipulation of that is, wherever the dialogue is, it's got to be separate from where there is not dialogue. Yeah, I read a book and they mixed all of it together in yeah. one including the responses so it was like blah 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 said Jill blah 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 went Luke blah 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 went Jill and it was all in one paragraph and I was That's getting right. confused as to who was speaking and I've been and I don't know which one's right it's why yeah. I want to get Rebecca Lagerson again and is it is there a universal right or is it a that is no, right in your country I, I think because as I was saying when I was talking to Rob about the the indentation i said i was never taught that not no. once, not even as a as a flippant you know let's try it out he said oh maybe it's a teaching thing that in the us yeah. they teach that but over here they don't and i and then i thought i wonder why and it makes me wonder if the books that we read do we just not notice the difference between the English books yeah. and the American books other than spelling i'm going to look in this book now and see right. where does your book come from uh I don't know. Uh, it's from .co.uk. Oh, yeah. Uh, there is no... No, there is a little bit of indentation. There ah. is. Yeah, there is. Not, not much. It's not about much. that much. Yeah. Really small. That's like half an inch. And, yeah, the land shook with their passage, and then it drops oh, yeah. down to small indentation, such as the life in this world. Crop wonders. 
has he travelled back then to the very beginning of things? And the second line, because it drops down to he travelled back, mm-hmm. is on the next on line. The but it's back at the yeah. start. And then on the next line, it's more dialogue. And it's indented. Hmm. I've never noticed dialogue indented. Like, I know paragraph breaks indented at the end I, of their I paragraph. Think so, yeah. I was never taught to indent a paragraph break. I've always indented my paragraph. But paragraphs. I'm looking at this, and it has indeed been indented, not by much. Yeah, I was But say, I can I've... see why it's done, because the way that Rob was indenting is quite a big chunk. It's yeah. a few inches. But this is indented very slightly. We we were taught that you either indent a new paragraph with just one of the tab keys, so you yep. tab once, or yep. you do the double enter so there's a space in between mm. if you don't want to indent. But that's what we were taught at uni for formal writing. So, I mean, I do it for my... No, I don't do it for my blog. Maybe I was taught it, I just don't remember it. It's probably... Yeah, because I feel like... Because otherwise it would just be one big, long, flowing thing and you wouldn't know well, where the how paragraph starts. And I don't have any problems reading it. Or, but that might just be because I'm the one who wrote it. It might be. Uh, I like the idea, because in my mind, when the paragraph starts, it's a slightly different train of thought or place. Yeah. It's like it's slightly different in a way. Huh. So that's... I might have to look I into don't. that. Yeah. I might seem, Maybe check if you've got any of your old schoolwork, see whether you did it back that then. That would be interesting. Yeah. From my old school work, from when I was really little, I used to do my J's backwards because oh. I thought they got lonely if they're facing away oh. from the letters. <laughs> That's yep. so nice. So I'd turn them around so they're facing the rest of my name. A happy little <laughs> hockey stick. A happy little Joe. So this story... I'll tell you back to your article. ...is kind of coming in after our history lesson on US newspapers. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I saw this and I thought, oh, let's trace that trend. Uh, so this is from Walker Kaplan from mm-hmm. LitHub.com, mm-hmm. Uh, writing about the organization Reveal Digital bringing prison newspapers into open access, Ooh. which is super interesting. Uh, Reveal Digital is part of JSTOR, JSTOR, I guess, yeah. uh, or Journal Storage. That's what it sounds. It, that's what it means. I haven't read a journal for donkey's years uh who are collecting and digitizing over 350 prison publications oh. i didn't know that these existed but there are newspapers that are still to this day being made in prison like for the prison they're made in or for other prisons or for the general public but a little bit both Okay, interesting. Going all the way back to the year 1800. With I mean, that's a, a while. Yep, with, with Forlorn Hope and Supporter. Those two names mm-hmm. for a couple of newspapers. Coming through the decades into the present. The article notes that by 1935, around half of state and federal penal institutions had an act of what they call prisoner press. Uh, though a very small number of those are still in print. Hmm. Uh, from about.jstor.org, J-S-T-O-R.org, you can find uh, an article called American Prison Newspapers 1800-2020, Voices from the Inside. And they go into detail about exactly what they are trying to do. Hmm. Uh, the collection of these newspapers is set to be openly available on July 1st, 2021. Okay, exciting. So it's about to happen. Uh, with, quote, additional newspapers released regularly to the collection as they are digitised. I mean, that's pretty cool. And considering 
part of my job is digitization yeah that's a lot of work i know i've digitized stuff as a job a, a couple of, of times now it's a lot of work uh with all this there are also libraries providing funding hurrah Yay! to cover publishing costs with some of them opening their own archives to help digitize relevant source material Oh, I like so it. libraries yeah. are going dogpile quick we gotta go and help them let's go help i mean libraries and librarians are usually pretty awesomely cool people they are uh, so I've got marked here history lesson. History. So we're we're gonna learn a brief history lesson. It's not quite as intensive as the U.S. newspapers one about um, prison publications. Yeah. Uh, the so these come from um, uh, the first two, which are forlorn hope and supporter. Are they the titles of the prison publications? Yes, those okay. are two. Those are two of yep. the old, 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 old ones yep. from back in eighteen hundred. Uh, then they were both published by inmates in debtors' prisons in New York and Philadelphia in eighteen hundred. Uh, the development of the prison press didn't really kick off until the late nineteenth century, however, when the reformatory movement came into play. Just a reformatory movement? Uh, well, I didn't know what that was, and I thought you might ask that question. So <gasps> You did some looking this up! This is what the reformatory movement was. I'm you so know me so well. I'm so proud. It's, it comes from playing D&D. When I'm writing stuff, I go, one of the players is bound to ask about this, so oh, I yeah. need to have something prepared. So the reformatory movement took place around the 1870s, where various ideas were introduced with techniques implemented in the correctional system. For example, educational and occupational programs, grades and marks, the in, indeterminate sentence, and parole. Ooh. So parole didn't come into effect, at least this is likely in the US, yeah. until the 1870s. kind of assumed parole was always Was always there. there. Nope. Like, well, I suppose you nope. wouldn't know you needed it and until you think, you'd put a few people... Because you think reformatory, they say, oh yeah, the prisoner has reformed. Yeah. And that's how you get paroled. Good behaviour, doing good you work. You just kind of assume that was all that incentive was always yeah. there, that if you're no, well-behaved, you can get out early. It used to be entirely lock them up. Wow. Lock them up, leave them there. I mean, we have come a long way in society. I mean, we've got way. a long way to go, but we've still come a long, a long way. way. We're always going to have a long way to go. Yeah. Always going to have a long way to go. As long as we've got good genes for the road. Yeah. So this was mostly done under the belief from penologists, who are people who study the theory and practice of prison management, uh, that prisoners can be reformed and eventually become productive. So that is now what we talk about where they say, oh yeah, they've reformed now, they yeah. did their time, they're going to be a productive member of society. Yep. That largely stemmed from the reformatory movement. Thanks, reformatory people. Yeah. Uh, by 1935, roughly 50% of the state and federal penal institutions had an active prisoner press. Yep. It's a lot. It's a lot. Uh, such as the Minnesota Stillwater Correctional Facilities, the Prison Mirror. <gasps> the Prison Mirror. Uh, which is very good because you think of the Daily Mirror and yeah. things. I'd love to read the I Prison still, Mirror. I still don't understand why it's Mirror. That doesn't yeah, make me, me think newspaper. I think newspaper. it's because it reflects society. It reflects what's uh, going on. And I suppose. It'll be some kind of cutesy. There'll be some, like that, yeah. yeah. It's probably a cute little logo that yeah. went for it once upon a time. We also had the Minard Times published by those incarcerated at the Illinois State Penitentiary, with a readership reaching 2,000 inside the prison. So they did publish yeah. it inside the prison, and they would read it. I mean, that's a lot of people in yep. a prison. And 19,000 copies distributed outside the prison. 
Which is a lot. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Keeping people informed and whatnot. Of, of what's going on in prison. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, if you think about it, for most people, what goes on in prison... They have no idea what's going no on. No idea. That's right. It's I, just what you hear, which it, is not a lot. Yeah. So I'm... Come July 1st, I will be checking this out because it's totally free. You don't have to pay or anything. JSTOR.org. Yep. Um, journal storage. Uh, it's totally free. Go and have a look. Yep. Uh for for this digital collection, many other papers have been identified, such as Angola Argus, Folsom Observer, San Quentin News, and the Sing Sing Bulletin. The Sing Sing Bulletin. <laughs> I like that one. Jill auditioning for uh, the prison newspaper Theodore Hawke's Bay production. Yep. Yep. <laughs> totally. Side note. The latest Theatre Hawks Bay production is on now. Assassins! It is on until the 10th of July, which is closing night. It's brilliant. Highly recommend you get down there and watch it. I saw something on your desk here about some tragically later comedy tonight. Oh, yes. Yeah, so What's is all that about? Later in July, Napier Rep is doing comedy nights for a week. It's like the 21st or the 24th. And it's said British comedy, which it we is, all know is yep. the superior comedy. So they have a bunch of people doing skits of British comedy. Very cool. One week only. Can we go? Yeah, we can go. Yay! <laughs> um, same time, Jailhouse Frocks is on at Alban Live. It's comedy. That sounds like, Women a, that sounds like a burlesque show in a prison. It's a musical. Um, in a prison. I don't know much about it, just that it Jail sounds House super cool. Frocks, that's very yeah. good. So that's on from like, I think it's like the 21st of July to the 31st of July. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Okay. Um, there you go. Yeah. Go see local theatre people. There's it's brilliant. Su- yeah, there's some super cool things that have been going on lately. Yeah, there is. And the Wedding Singer's coming up in, I think it's late September yes. at Theatre Hawks Bay, which yes. I'm excited about. I, I got a message from someone who... Uh, she uh, she she attends it, I think. Yeah. And uh, she said that she it was it was a group chat to all of us at work. Yeah. Saying hey, we've we're we're auditioning for the wedding singer, and there are virtually no guys. Yeah, we've gone we were in. very and she said, light hey, on you know, the guy, you know, you know someone, and I just put in. If they had a non-singing role, <laughs> I'd be right in there. You never know; you could be a good singer. But one one of well, actually, two of the guys. The best in I assassins. can do is a really obnoxious "hello," <laughs> which is no, there's no control there. Wow. It's all warbling. Well, one of the guys in Assassins never knew he could sing until he got on stage once and had to do a bit of a sing thing, and then he's like, "Oh, wow, I'm actually pretty good." I want to sing, but I don't want to go to an. I don't want to kick off with an audition and just embarrass myself. You could take lessons first. There's yeah. a few people that do adult lessons I around. Know, got, um, oh, I can't remember his name, but I've got it written down. He lives in Havelock. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Ruth uh, takes some lessons yes. from him. Well, she might not anymore, but yeah. Yeah. There's, there's plenty of opportunity. Anyway, there's a ton of stuff, so stuff going, on. going on in Hawke's Bay at the moment. For now, the thing that's going on is us, but we're going off. We're going off. Because we're, we're out of time. We are. It's we're, we're right on the cusp of a breakthrough on our time machine. And yeah. we will have unlimited time to talk to you about books and, and food and travel. It's going to be better than my brother's teleportation machine. That doesn't work if there's a v- female either trying to use it or at boo. the other end. Boo. Oh, boo. 
No Girls Allowed, the worst much. kind of gatekeeping when I was a child. I hated No Girls Allowed. Uh, I can't remember ever committing it, but I was probably party to it at some point. I was often that girl that barged her way on in any way. <laughs> <laughs> no Girls Allowed, screw you, what are you going to do? Because um, like, they haven't got any enforcement yeah, mes- and like measures. A lot of the time, if you punch them, they go down and you can just walk on them. Yeah, that's right. It's like, no girls allowed, huh? All right. Well, this is my place now. I'm the queen. Yes. I'm the king. Thank you very much. King. King. I will be the... You can be the queen. I will be the bed frame. You'll be the bed frame? Yep. Okay. Interesting choice. I will fall on... Like in Beauty and the Beast where it falls on the the intruder. Yeah. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah. I will be the security guard and it's just going to be a really innocuous looking bed frame leaning up against the wall and they're going to think nothing of it and as soon as they intrude... Boom. Yep. And I'll be the king that you're keeping safe. Excellent. I love it. I've been Luke. I'm still Jill. This has been a study in literacy. Thank you so much for listening. And thanks for doing books. We love you guys. Imagine people complexly and take care. This show was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, Hawke's Bay's community access radio station. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for enabling us to put Hawke's Bay voices on air.